Oh yeah, Chris here, just wanted to let you know about a slight technical issue with this week's show. For about the first 19 minutes or so, you'll notice that the sound quality is a bit less good than it should be. There's a bit of an echo that you might notice. But after that, it gets better. So sorry about that, but hopefully it won't uh, impair your enjoyment of the show too much. Get on with the show. Well, hello there, and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 74. I am Chris, and I am joined, as always, by my usual co-hosts, uh, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's been good. I'm enjoying the lovely spring weather. It's finally starting to settle in from, uh, it's been really weird so far, like, in uh, the east coast of the United States. Like, sometimes we'll have really warm days and sometimes we'll like in the about roughly high 70s 80 degrees and then all of a sudden we'll dip right back down into like the mid to low 60s but uh, i think we're finally kind of getting a better uh handle on the temperature and actually getting some really nice uh, spring days and i just take your words for that i don't i only do metric so i i don't know That's, yeah um... sorry it's, it's mildly it goes from like basically what we like equivalent to summer weather like really warm like you need to wear like t-shirts and just t-shirts and shorts versus uh long sleeve and sweaters jump literally jumping between those two temperatures like within the matter of a day or two i just realized that that means that we're probably not going to be able to share recipes easily (laughs) yeah because it's oven temperatures I'm Dan, oh, by the yeah. way. Hi. Hi, Dan. Hi. <laughs> I just spoke out of nowhere. Spoke no, that's the, be- that's the best intro yet. <laughs> I spoke out of turn. <laughs> no, it was great. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm always great, clearly. Awesome. But we're sad yeah. we can't share recipes, though. That's sad. Uh, so they're microwave recipes, I guess. <laughs> But you just have to do conversions. Yep. Yeah. Good old conversions. And nobody's got time for that, so we're not going to be able to share recipes. <laughs> Google help. We're not talking about animation yet. What's going on? I don't know. We're like about almost three minutes in, and no, no animation talk. So what's so, Chris? What's going on in the animation world lately? Oh yeah, we're here to talk about animation. Yeah. Uh... And specifically, uh, this episode, we are going to talk a lot about a animated film that is currently playing in cinemas in the US and Canada called My Entire High School is Sinking into the Sea. That uh, is from... a mouthful. It is indeed. It is from a debut animation director but a a um, someone who's been doing uh, comics and stuff for a while and that is Dashaw. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about that as our main topic but before that we've got to do our usual um discussion of animation news yep and there's been quite a few uh quite a few different things coming through the uh the website recently so we'll kind of go over it uh with you all and see and just kind of share our thoughts on it okay so uh first up um there is a upcoming animation festival well it is a film festival with an animation strand and it is in the UK, and it is Cardiff Independent Film Festival. 
um, and it will or CIFF uh, which will be um, happening in May this year and they are having their second uh, second ever um, animation dedicated strand which is organized by the folks at Cardiff Animation Nights mm-hmm. yeah it looks like a very uh, interesting lineup of films I think that with the um, when we were given the uh, tip that this was going to be happening uh, there were looks like a wide variety of different uh, animated animation styles from um, I think from across Europe, Asia, North America, South America, Australia. Um, a couple of films that I think were meant that were included in the uh, press release. It was the Mikey Hills, the Orchestra. Um, I'm pr- pr- forgive me if I'm butchering these names. Um, Annette Mel Melis. Oh, I can't pronounce. Um, but the film is called Analysis Paralysis, which is nice, nice title. Uh, Chris Shepard's Juno's Dead, Ross Hogg's Life Cycles, and, again, another difficult name to pronounce, um, Alois de Leo's Way of Giants. So quite a a few different uh, films that are actually, I've seen a couple pictures of y'all have on the um, news post, but they're really, really cool looking. Yes, uh, this is going to be running from Friday, May the 5th, to Sunday, 7th of May, um, at a place called venue called Chapter, which is an independent arts hub and cinema space in the heart of Cardiff, as well as other Cardiff venues. So mm. you have to uh, check out the the show notes uh, to find out more details, and we've got a post written up about it on the website. Yep, so definitely if you're going to be in the relative area or you'd be interested to go and uh, check out a very, really cool uh, animation venue on an upcoming in May, definitely check it out. I'll be going. And if you're, Definitely. Yeah, and if you are in the Cardiff area, they also do Cardiff Animation Nights every every other month, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Dan? I think so. I, I've only been to one because I'm a bad person and a bad friend. But uh, when I have been, it's been great times, great animation. Um, and yeah, it's... it's uh, I. The festival sounds great. Awesome. Another interesting story that has come out this week uh, relates to virtual reality, which is something that we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. (laughs) It's it's an area that um, Avon's very interested in, uh, and there is a new VR game related to something else that we talk about quite a bit on the show, and that is the animated series, Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, they have finally breached, they have they had their original video game uh, kind of tie-in with the uh, the Pocket Mortys uh, <laughs> video game, but now this seems to be the next, the next level with uh, basically putting uh, anyone with a VR into the shoes of a clone Morty and just kind of running around... Uh, doing the regular Rick and Morty shenanigans and they uh the trailer that they put up for it is very much in the theme uh yeah it looks like being in an episode basically of Rick and Morty um and you can now get it on Steam uh as long as you've got a Oculus Rift uh headset or a uh HTC Vive, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oculus yeah. vs. HTC Vive. Yep. Yeah, I haven't tried any VR things, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
I just have to take everyone's word for it. Um, yeah, Virtual Recality it's called, and check out the trailer, and you can also check out the uh, website to see more information on that. And it's basically looks like being inside a Rick and Morty episode, so that's got to be fun. It's even yeah. got a plumbus in it, so there you go. Is it used properly? I don't know. It, it does look great and also like Justin Roiland was involved in the development because he's a real big um, mm-hmm. fan of VR yeah he's set up his own like games company isn't he called Squanch Tendo Squanch Tendo yeah but I forgot but what the, it was called but this is made by uh, Adult Swim Games and another company called Alchemy Labs Owl, like a bird, not alchemy, uh, who apparently made a game called Job Simulator that this is based on. But yes, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar right. with that game. I'm not. I'm just reading the words and they don't make any sense to me. I just, <laughs> yeah. That's what it's based on, apparently. So, yeah. Uh, get Swifty and go and play uh, a bit of Rick and Morty virtual reality. Rickality. If you yeah, because to. you gotta you gotta get swifty between now and from when the rest of season three comes out, guys. So just go and go and check it out. Yep. So they they will say they go there and they will show you what they've got. <laughs> show. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, I see what you did there. <laughs> see if I can put any more references in. I don't know. Um, yeah. You gotta cram all 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 of the references, Chris. All the references. <laughs> Nice. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, moving on to another story. Um, a little trailer came out this week uh, for uh, the UK release of Red Turtle, uh, which is finally coming out in the UK on May 26th. So, so the UK distributor Studio Canal has put out a UK specific trailer. Um, it's I don't know if it's that different from the other trailers we've seen, but I think it's, it's exactly the same thing. It might be, which is maybe a good thing because do you remember they did a trailer for Song of the Sea? It's like this gave away far too much. It gave away far too much, and it also used plinky plonky music, which wasn't in the film, and kind of yeah, and sold it, it wrong. It sold, yeah, it sold it differently, didn't it? It was like oh wacky wacky adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely an adventure, but wackiness may have been overplayed. I don't know how you sell the red turtle, and I, I think the trailer does a good job. It's very pretty. That's how you sell it. And it's got some nice music, and there's there's a turtle, and there's some really pretty stuff. But it's pretty. I think that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. That would be, tra- be my trailer. Oh, look at this. It's pretty. You just have to, you just have to watch it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, May 26th, uh, limited cinema release in the UK. Uh, so, check it out. Uh, obviously, check it out wherever you I'm are. Really, I'm uh, really do like. I will probably talk about it when it comes around, but do go and seek it out because there's not going to be. Well, you know, it's a really exciting time for independent animated feature movies. Mm-hmm. But even so, this is a really special one. It's completely dialogue free and there won't be another film like it for 
at least at least a very long time. Yeah, unless it really like catches on like wildfire with audiences, it's really like there's not going to be a rush to recreate the magic that this film seems to capture. So. Also coming out next month in the UK finally is My Life as a Courgette. So, oh, brilliant. And I'm I'm intrigued because I've read reviews of it, and they talk about um, the English dub, and also they talk about calling the character Courgette. So I wonder if there's actually a, an English dub where they say Courgette. You <laughs> what, mate? Like Philosopher's Stone and Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. I mean, they they do that with Disney things. Like Moana is called Moana in some European countries, and they did an English dub, but they just said Moana instead of Moana every time. Oh really? Yeah, I think so. Unless that, unless that was just like for preview footage for Annecy. I don't know. That's freaking bloody weird. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's really strange. Um, yeah, well, well, they did it with like Zoo, Zootropolis and Zootopia, didn't they? they say yep. Zootropolis mm-hmm. every time. Right, yep. Okay, you've said all your lines. Now say them all again, but say Zootropolis. <laughs> the B, unfortunately, the BVFC doesn't have any details on their website about it. Oh no, they do. It's dubbed. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder if it's if it's the dub with well, it, it's it is the same dub because it says about um. Nick Offerman and stuff in the reviews. Yeah, I can't imagine that it is going to be. We'll, we'll just have to wait with bated breath. Mhm. Yes. Because I want them to say Courgette. <laughs> <laughs> it will be kind of great thing to hear speaking for 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 UK audiences at least. Mhm. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, why can't you just say Courgette? Because that's his name. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's you know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's a small. To be to be honest, we do have to put up with it quite a lot. Highways and and wrenches and all those wrenches. Odd instead of a spanner, it, and all those I... odd words which are different. In the I didn't even know that one. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> I did. I didn't really know that was the regional difference. Wrench and spanner. Didn't know that. Wow. Well, I, every I, day's I, a school day. They they might they mm-hmm. might get it right with the sequel. My life as a aubergine. Sorry, <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> okay. Maybe, yeah. No, that's yeah. gonna be good. That's gonna be. That's really exciting. Two completely independent animated films coming out in the UK people yeah, I... come on try something new Jesus Jesus Christ just once just try something new people <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's coming out from Soda Pictures I think they're a, a little uh, independent distributor who released in the UK they released um, Long Way North recently so Okie dokie, moving on to the next story is there's been some Star Wars news recently because there was the Star Wars Celebration event in Orlando um, mm-hmm. and some of it is animation related so we get to talk about it um, they've announced a series of shorts called Star Wars Forces of Destiny mm-hmm. 
that they have, and it uh, seems to be from what they've uh, shown off in some of the uh, promotional material, it's going to be a couple of uh, two to three minute shorts, uh, each taking place at a different point in time in the Star Wars timeline. So, and we get to, so we get to see a bunch of different episodes uh, that will be focusing on a bunch of different characters. Uh, we got Jyn Erso from the more recent uh, Rogue One film, uh, Rey from The Force Awakens, Princess Leia herself, and Ahsoka Tano from The Clone Wars. So um, those are the only characters that they featured as of right now. I think they've also uh, met, uh, showed an image of Sabine with Chopper. So I'm seeing primarily a majority of the female cast from Star Wars getting a bit of the limelight, but I'm not sure if the characters that will be featured in these shorts are just going to be those characters. We might get to see a wide variety of different like important figures in the Star Wars uh, universe all kind of get their time in the limelight. Well, it seems to be focused on female characters, but it doesn't say that anywhere, like in the official press releases or anything, which is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at these popular heroes from the Star Wars Press film. releases are really bad at doing that, at selling things on those terms, because it's Disney, and Disney, mm-hmm. you know, have problems when it comes to recognising... Mm-hmm gender identities and and you know they they still think you know that that um boy boys don't watch princess movies that mm-hmm. that's why it has to be called tangled not rapunzel mm-hmm. or moana and oh wait <laughs> yeah they're, they're still doing better at it and i but it's i i think um there is a um let's say marketing is always going to be the last to catch up with demand, weirdly enough, I think. But these look kind of the interesting design and stuff, and there's been a little preview of it, and it's interesting because it makes me think of Gendi Tartowski's Clone Wars shorts, which was the last time they did last time they did two D animation in the Star Wars canon so that's exciting they've completely erased those from existence you can't find them anywhere boo because they're not Disney like oh no you can't have animation related to Star Wars that isn't Disney I just realised that you're probably maybe right about that no actually because I was I was in um, they had a big Star Wars thing in HMV the other day and I went over to have a look because I was curious and and um they had all the old Clone Wars series and the Clone Wars movie on DVD, but I couldn't find the old Gendy cartoons anywhere. Nope, they don't exist anymore. I've seen them on DVD in, in the States here. Really? They and certainly didn't get a Blu ray. So they are still available. I wonder if they would just, just destroy all the pre. Pre Disney animated Star Wars stuff, so they just Not throw the e- just throw the like Ewoks into a bin and droids into a bin and just burn them. And just go, that's it, that's your lot. Well, they pretty much trying to do the same with the original negatives. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's Who it's knows? a complicated thing, but that's not the only Star Wars animation related news. Because there is also no. a little little show by the name of Star Wars Rebels that is ongoing at this point, um, but it's not going to be ongoing forever because 
No. Season four will be its last. It's been announced, and they also released a trailer. They did. Uh, it was part of the. Uh, they, I think, they were doing it as part of the uh, Star Wars Rebels panel, and uh, uh, the Star Wars celebration. Uh, or that's. I think it was just last week. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they went. Uh, they had the whole cast, most of the cast there, and they were all talking about what had happened in season three and leading into, you know, kind of speculating as to what uh, will be going on in season four. And they did have, and they did include the trailer for this. And yeah, this will be, it looks like they're trying to wrap up everything. I mean, they might not answer, you know, or try to basically do everything or answer every question that has been posed by the series. But I think in terms of the fact that we're kind of really bearing down on the movie's timeline, which Rebels has, I think it seems like they've been very, uh, they've been working very hard to make sure that the this, this story that they're telling is working within those timelines. Uh, that it's only, it make, would make sense that this would be the last season. But it looks like they're definitely going to be ending the series with a bang because somewhat indirectly they've been kind of addressing a lot of this like loose plot threads that were, uh, that were kind of left open with the Clone Wars originally. And uh, it seems that one of the biggest ones, which is the uh, ongoing struggle with the the Man- uh, Mandalorians uh, specifically, will be uh, kind of wrapping itself up, or will be um, handled in the uh, the fourth season, along with the big conclusion with their uh, the Rebels team and their continuous uh, battle with the Admiral Thrawn, which has been ongoing since season three. So, looks like it's going to be really interesting, and I'm. Uh, very eager to see where it's going to be going in terms of how how certain the characters are going to be reintroduced and uh, how we're going to kind of close out some of these stories or at least kind of where we will leave them off or when uh, the Star Wars franchise decides to revisit them. So um, when's it coming back? Is this like after, like in the the later season of the year four, as you'd call it in your far off land? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that yeah, because um, season season three concluded earlier earlier this year, so I imagine they're probably going to be waiting until later into the fall, maybe like fall early winter season. I don't think I don't know if they have the, they announced the exact date of it. If if they have, I'll probably look it up and then kick myself for not mentioning it here. But um, I think that's the prospective time that they're hoping to try and get the fourth season started. So not too too long of a wait, but enough time to kind of just you know let's see what happened in season three kind of settle in, and then by the time we're we're over season three, we'll we'll get into season four because a lot a lot of things happened in season three, and fans are still kind of reeling from it all. But it's it's good. It's it, I like the way the show has been building too, and I would like to see how uh, season four is going to basically end the story. I have only seen a bit of season one and I enjoyed it and I will watch more. It's just, you know, it takes time to catch up with everything. Yeah, so. I'm, in, I'm in the same boat as you, Chris. I think I think what, what a lot of people do nowadays is they wait for stuff to end, which is yeah. the worst, which is not what creators want to hear. Yeah. But because the truth is, is that everyone expects to be able to binge everything. Mm-hmm. Um it's easier to say, oh, I'll buzz through that in a weekend than, oh, i got to make the effort to make sure I'm watching the new episode every week. And inevitably you'll have to go to some place you're not familiar with and it just gets a bit complicated and there are only so many things you can watch. 
Yeah, but also some things I don't want to watch week to week because I want to watch them. Like um, I yeah, I know what you mean. I think I think with Rebels, I would struggle to be satisfied watching it week by week only because it's so short. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yes. And there are certain episodes I w- and I will grant you this. It's like it's it's something similar that with um with the Clone Wars I noticed like certain episodes when they're good they're really freaking good. Other times like you know it's just like oh like that episode wasn't bad it just was you know didn't really do anything to stand out and there are there are those you know a couple episodes mm-hmm. scattered out especially for the first two seasons um you'll run into that but then again like I think one that's one of the things I liked about season three is that there were a lot of really consistently good episodes like it just like went from one one to another to another to another like really really flowed really well I I believe that they have said that they'll prob they will be like a replacement animated Star Wars series but mm-hmm. we don't As know what that is we have no idea but there is got to be I think um I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, because the internet has pretty much already made their own sitcom with the new Star Wars characters. <laughs> you you see like so many like fan made comics that are pretty much that, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was maybe after Episode Eight, like a bit of a time gap where a Clone Wars style series would work with the characters mm-hmm. maybe I'm not sure I'm not sure but, either um, that or New Adventures of Jar Jar everyone can't wait for that or I've also heard that um, just died a little inside well, I've, I've not heard but I've, 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 I've seen people talking very fondly about um, the now uh, completely <laughs> completely dead uh, extended universe stuff to do with like Qui-Gon Jinn and his early years and stuff oh, so they might go like it'd be interesting if they if they told that story because I've heard he's a really interesting character he um, is um, that and... unfortunately was not really fully there in in the Phantom Menace but well, oh, they... oh I know Star Wars Babies Wait, can what? we have Star Star Wars Babies Star Wars yeah. Babies kind of is Star Wars like huh? Luke. And... Oh, yeah. I... is that what you mean? Like Luke, the early years, you get. To they're see... all they're they're all babies, mm-hmm. and and they're in in a um, in a in the same um, nursery, and yeah, it's Muppet Babies, but with um, Star Wars. That's probably uh... quite cute. I can I I think basically is what the the thing is is that Disney realised oh there's a whole other bit of revenue stream that we can squeeze out of Star Wars by having an animated series and once um, Rebels is finished they're probably going to want to replace that and keep the momentum probably yeah but, um, but it's interesting they're not just running it into the ground they just go no this is the story that we're going to tell and that's good well here's the thing because I've um, at least when regards to David Filoni and when he regards to like not just being able to tell a story within the Star Wars universe, but also even in regards to, like, say, bringing characters from the um, the now defunct expanded universe, uh, like you were talking about, Chris, like you know, what they like they did with Thrawn. I think 
to a certain degree, I mean, obviously this is still Disney, and so you, if they're, you can make a buck off it, they definitely will. Um, but one of the things, I like the fact that, you know, it's both a business, uh, good business move for them, and also, you know, for fans who are really sore about having all of these different uh, stories and characters not being able to be acknowledged or because of the fact that they're no longer quote-unquote canon is the fact yeah. that you know, they'll look through some of the stuff that was in the EU, some of the different stories, you know, books, characters, comics, what have you, and while they may not try to recreate it per se, they do take a lot of inspiration off of it and saying, you know what, these were actually legitimate good stories and good characters. We're going to, you know, see if there's something, if there's a story that's still meant to be told here or could be told here in the way that would fit in the kind of uh, continuity that they're trying to create, they'll they'll do it. That's what they did with Thrawn. And that's also kind of what they did with Maul, right. too. Yeah. Okay. There was also a, a little story going around at the moment um, that apparently, as part of the ongoing um, DC animated movies that they are doing... Uh, direct to DVD or via download or stuff um, basically this the um, all the DC original animated movies like there's all the um, Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman animated movies and there's been uh, Under the Red Hood I think was one of them and, yeah. and uh, all the Justice League spin-offs and things like that and they have done uh, Killing Joke, the R-rated one. Well, next up, they are apparently going to be doing a adaptation of Watchmen um, as an R-rated animated movie, uh, which is interesting, I think. Um, yeah, of all the comics to pick and to bring in to animated form, it's one that's already had had its step into live action, for better or for worse. Which um, has also been pretty identical to the... <laughs> To the comic, yeah. I mean, uh, apart from the spirit, yeah, okay. We're gonna, yeah. Apart from the spirit and everything else, I think, yeah, we could be here a while, guys. <laughs> but they they really screwed up the ending, and to have the proper Watchmen ending in an animated form would be pretty cool. I think that would probably be really easy. You know, that, that, I I bet you that if, if that is the case, I mean, obviously I'm not part of the development team, so I don't know what the reasoning is behind picking this particular uh, story to bring into animation, but I would, considering how hot under the collar Watchmen fans are about how the way the live-action film ended, I would not put it past them for like, okay, out of everything else we do in this movie, we've got to get the ending right, guys! Well, when I watched the live-action movie, uh, I was trying to think like how they could have how you could actually adapt adapt it properly and I did sort of come up with the idea that the best way would be to do it as animated because it would have been close closer to the comic and um you could have had the cool like the amazing coloring in the comic just just that would work so well in animation mm-hmm. the like could... the, the blocky the block color like lighting because it it was really sort of making comment the fact that it was in the comic form in the first when it first came out it was like this is this is a subversion of the superhero comics or whatever so when they turn it into a movie it sort of took the p- part of the reason it existed away and i thought one way to sort of preserve that is by doing it for animation because again animation you know still has that 
connection with a kids medium in the west so mm. it sure sure by making it animated it sort of and also yeah like you say it could be closer to the original visuals and everything uh, but I did really think that it would probably work as like a, a mini series best because I don't really think it worked really work oh, as a I, movie it, it's it's not I mean, it, they're not doing it as a series no it was going to be a movie I, I think have, oh I must have missed that no it's not well it, it's people have flown too close to the sun trying to adapt Watchmen into a movie multiple times that so, is true good luck with that I mean, I'm not saying it shouldn't be done um, if someone thinks they know how to do it do it but yeah it would. It does seem to lend itself better to a series I'll tell you what though like what DC have done before though with their movies they did The Dark Knight Returns as two parts they did so I think, yeah, they, they right. could do Watchmen part one and do it as two or three that might work better uh, yeah I think the thing with Watchmen is that the trouble is it really 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 needs that space mm-hmm. to breathe you need um, you need to actually spend a long time with the characters I think mm-hmm. to, for, it, for it to have its full effect yeah otherwise you don't get really attached to them and the kind of struggle or the uh what whatever it is that they're mm. going through at the moment because it's yeah like... and and also like part of its its appeal i think is its density mm-hmm. and if you and if you take away that density by trying to strip it strip it down you're going to be playing jenga with this really intricately woven thing and it might I, I think that's probably why it took so long to to um, adapt to a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a whole large chunk of it which is um, the thematic sort of um, uh, what would you call it? Like a like the Greek chorus of the little mini comic that ran throughout it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I what was that, what was I that think mini that comic? Be... The the black. Yeah. Um. They did that as animated, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So what? They've already got that part. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's they. They're twenty percent done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they'll do that. Hmm. It's 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 going to be very interesting to see how that project comes along. I mean, obviously, this is only just a rumor at this point, or just like a you know just a speculation, because I don't believe that they've really released any uh, promotional material. Because I think at the moment they're currently putting all the, you know, the media forward for the uh, Batman Harley Quinn movie, which is uh, also an, an interesting uh, direction for the DC Animated Studios uh, to go in, because it's a bit more in, along the lines of what the, you know, the classic Batman the Animated Series style, which is yeah. cool. But it's, yeah. it'll, it'll be an interesting jump from going from that to supposedly The Watchmen. Yeah. Also, you you say it's speculation, but in quite concentrated fan fandoms, uh, speculation can turn quite quickly into demand, and it can be quite a powerful thing. True. This is true. In this day and age. That's kind of how it goes. This is worth keeping an eye on, because it it could work. Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Stranger things have happened. Um, 
if it worked, that would be a good thing because mm-hmm. Watchmen's good, apart from the movie, obviously. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Everything it needs every, to cut down. The last the... ten, fifteen minutes lost me. Yeah, the last like twenty minutes lost me, and then it's also just got the whole thing where you want to fast forward through all of the slow mo. <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably Zack Snyder's best film, but that's not saying much. So, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead, or Day of the Dead, his zombie movie. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> but that that might just be my anti-fast zombie prejudice, I don't know. Um, as, as Simon Pegg said, being dead should be a disability, not a superpower. Um, <laughs> That's good, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on from Watchmen, uh, just one other story we want to talk about was a little Kickstarter campaign that's running at the moment a, for a animated short called Multiplex 10 um, that is based on a webcomic that recently closed. Closed? A webcomic that recently ended... Uh, that is also by the name of Multiplex by a webcomic artist and animator called Gordon McAlpin uh, who is yeah, the author of Multiplex which is a comic based around the staff of employees of a cinema Multiplex um, that wrapped up earlier this year and he always wanted to turn it into an animation but he didn't have the skills back in the day so he started a webcomic instead and now he wants to give it another stab and he is trying to crowdfund it um yeah this uh, is for a 11 minute short um that is intended to potentially act as a pilot for further episodes if it's successful um it's described as part reboot and part prequel so you don't actually have to have read the comic to be interested in it and this is going to this campaign is running until May 8th um, and yes May 8th 2017 uh, a pledge of just $5 will get you early access to the finished project uh, $10 will get you a HD download and there's all sorts of other rewards such as uh, digital art books and posters and things and yeah I actually I'm vaguely familiar with the webcomic that this is based on. Um, I actually used to listen to a podcast that the um, the author uh, did. Uh, he used to do a a uh, podcast called The Triple Feature, uh, which featured um, three comic webcomic artists who did uh, movie-themed um, comics. And they, it was like a movie discussion podcast. And um, the, uh, the other two people who were involved... Uh, were Tom Brazelton and Joe Dunn. Uh, Tom Brazelton did a webcomic called Theatre Hopper, which was the one I used to read. And uh, Joe Dunn does Joe Loves Crappy Movies. <laughs> and uh, they are going to be uh, doing voices on this new project as well. Um, cool. So, if, and, and they're also producers. So if you want to find out more about this, you can check out the project on in the show notes. And yeah, I think it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, anything that pokes fun at movies is always always fun. I I have to admit I'm not familiar with this comic, but and I really you know wish 
best of luck to Gordon McAlpin in getting this funded, but I'm definitely, even though the comic's done, I definitely want to take a look at it now and just see, because apparently, I've, I, it's, it's amazing how many kind of, like, comics and stuff online that you only find out, like, after they're finished. It's like, oh, man, I really would have been, really enjoyed being on board, like, when this was actually still going. Yeah, the producers say, Multiplex 10 will appeal to movie lovers, anyone who's ever worked in a retail job, and anyone who's ever had an annoying friend who just can't shut up about why the things you like are terrible. So, I I'm think all that's all three quite... of those things, so awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think lots of people do. Yeah, so that sounds I, relatable. I, I, I noticed, Chris, that uh, you're talking about a independent comic author who's turned to animation. Indeed. Sounds this, so this, familiar. This sounds a little like a segue to our main topic. <laughs> which it's, is... It's a segue as clunky as they come, but yeah, it's... Hey, we'll take it. As they go, and as we always point them out anyway, it wasn't a bad one. No. <laughs> uh, this is, yes, my entire high school sinking into the sea which is a film that I I think made its debut like in film festivals last year and is now hitting limited cinema release via Jeet Kids in the US and it features voices of Jason Schwartzman, Lena Dunham, Reggie Watts, Susan Sarandon and some other people, Maya Rudolph and yeah other people and uh, it's directed by Dashaw who is Yes, a a comic book author, an indie comic book author, uh, who has made uh, some uh, graphic novels by the names of Cosplayers and um, uh, New School was another one he did, um, which I have to say I'm not familiar with the comics, but um, this is his first animated movie, um, and I know Rachel, you were the um, the author of our official review, so. As is tradition, I, I think you should kick things off. All right. Uh, my entire high school is singing to the sea. I'm going to maybe put up a counter and see how many times I uh, mess up the title. Because what was one of the things when we first started talking about this movie when it was coming down the line of uh, you know news in terms of, oh, these are new independent films that are going to be getting releases. I remember first coming across this name and just kind of just really getting thrown off by it, like, what? That's like that is one hell of a mouthful of a movie name, but um, it looked interesting. It had a really indi- uh, unique uh, art style, and again, this is coming from someone who is uh, also not from very familiar with uh, Dash Shaw's comics. So it was really I was really going into this experience blind watching this movie. So I'm just kind of going off what um, little you know the information that the trailer gave. But um, yeah, this was a really interesting movie to watch like i said i went into it completely blind not really knowing what to expect in terms of like the humor or the um animation style or the you know just the story for that matter like how much was it going to take seriously versus not take seriously and i have to admit i was really surprised with the the film that i got it was a really nice blend of actually both kind of both it was a mix of not taking itself seriously and kind of poking fun at its entire premise slash uh, genre that it's supposed to be, which is uh, kind of like a, a bit of a, I want to say parody necessarily of uh, disaster films, but uh, definitely pokes fun at them a lot. And also 
really strangely down to earth in regards to how it portrays its characters. So it's it's a really interesting mixed bag, but it was a mixed bag that I could really get into and I had a lot of fun watching. So I would definitely say it's uh I was really happy that I got to I got the chance to watch it. Dan? Yeah, I was I like like Rachel. Um I think um I think I liked it a little bit more than Rachel did. I really enjoyed it. It was... Um, I was kind of interested anyway because it's a it's a different type of movie. Like, just from watching trailers, you go, I don't think I've ever seen an animated movie like this. Mm-hmm. One which um, uses techniques from really, like, more illustrative techniques than animation techniques. Um, but uses like limited animation to tell the story and kind of um, yeah has very colourful characters in it um, and it's and I, I, I really liked it as well for the thing that you mentioned Rachel where it's um, it kind of a little bit like Scott Pilgrim perhaps or there are lots of things that kind of do it Um plays on the notion of the main character seeing life as much more colourful and Mm -hmm. exciting than it kind of probably is Mm -hmm. and therefore putting um, themselves at the centre of that universe and that kind of being reflected in this um, in in like the really uh, it's it's like a really excitable film like I remember like when the credits start the, the names are just like spinning around in circles and you're like wow it feels it kind of feels like someone it 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 felt very quickly like um someone trying to you're trying to have a conversation with someone but they keep looking out the window and they keep on doing a hundred other different things and you're just kind of trying to race to catch up with it but it wasn't it the the most impressive thing about it was it wasn't a disorienting experience it could very quickly have turned into something like um a short that overstayed its welcome mm-hmm. um but i think uh dash shaw the director and the original author of the um of the comic the short comic on which this is based has a really good understanding of how to use um his unique approach in a really entertaining way and whilst the film does kind of have these um, sort of uh, departures from narrative where it's it's kind of like an action scene presented as a as a as a like a psychedelic trip or something mm. um, they're always I, I, I felt at least they didn't really overstay their welcome and it wasn't anything that really um it wasn't anything that really ever made me annoyed as an audience member yeah i I really i I really thought overall you know i thought overall it really worked as a movie and it had the beginning a middle and end and compelling characters and i wanted to watch it to find out what happened Mm -hmm. as much as i did also want to watch it just to see more of it because there's a lot to see oh yeah Definitely. Um, can you the tell? Style I alone loved is it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how about you, Chris? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the dissenting voice this week. That's good. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not care for this movie. I'm, af- I'm afraid to say. Uh, I kind I've I've been having a feeling going in into it. Um, every, kind of everything that I I saw coming up, all the trailers and everything and everything. Um, I kind of had a feeling that it might not really be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you are you are you a fan of the? Wes Anderson's and the Noah Bombacks. This, this is the, this is the thing. Yes, I am. Yeah, I, I love indie stuff basically. Uh, movies, and I can see that there are people who are going to uh, take against stuff like this. Um, who, mm. who are people who like hate indie aesthetic and everything, and will be like, oh, I hate Wes Anderson. Oh, I, I hate Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I hate, I hate all these awful hipster people it's terrible and I'm not one of those people at all um, so I know that there are people who that will be their objection to it and they'll be like oh no not Jason Schwartzman and all these insufferable oh, people yeah, okay. and they're the kind you know I'm not coming into it from that angle at all because you know Wes Anson's one of my favourite directors and I love you know I do like indie navel gazy um, self yeah, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that kind of movie that I know some people hate. Um, I don't hate them, um, but I do have. Um, I've I've re- talked a bit before, like when we're talking about short films and stuff. Um, how I am, um, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a. I don't know if you would a bit of a philistine, basically. And when it comes to short films, like I prefer the ones that have got narratives and and like more traditional uh, story and, and style and everything, rather than the um, the abstract ones and things like that. Um, so sure. So like the the style of this, I found kind of off-putting. Um, mm-hmm. um, the like the the way it's made um, and um, also while I don't normally find um, like indie stuff like Wes Anderson stuff insufferable type things occasionally there will be ones like in this case I did find the characters not appealing and I, I didn't um, find the characters or story interesting enough to um, get over the things I um I feel a bit because I'm the only only one. Um, no, no, don't, no, don't, you sh- no, you absolutely shouldn't. Because I, I, as as much as I enjoy, I, I, I think when yeah, as much as I enjoy it, I can understand precisely the exact things that I loved about it, how it could drive someone mad, and also be um a, a turn off. Mm-hmm. To to people as well. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you say, like, we were talking about this, Chris, it, to be perfectly honest, when I went in, I mean, I tried to go in with as open as a mind as possible before I was uh, going to write my review for this movie. And in all honesty, because I, I when I had seen the trailers, you know, that's the all I, information I had, really, in terms of what the kind of film it was going to be, I really, at 
the start didn't seem like it was going to be my kind of flick. And the fact that it ended up being a film that I ended up could like suspending my disbelief and actually really enjoy actually really shocked me. I was really expecting to be in your camp right now to be just like, I was not, this was not my cup of tea at all, but it was somehow Mm. ended up working its way back to being a film that I would actively watch again. I don't know how. Yeah. And actually, so was I, I think, I, I think when this first came up on certainly my radar, I think I'd let you guys know about it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because we all know I have, I have, I, I we, you might not know, but I have a strange chip on my shoulder about non-animators coming into animation. Yes, and um, you know, swinging their arms and other things around, uh, not really completely um, understanding the mechanics of animation and how it's kind of it's a different beast to live action and you can't just say we got a script let's you know and you, you films are just made differently in animation and um i'm i'm always wary of of the the sensibility that we've spoken about before where you know for instance you'll you you'll speak to certain people and you say oh do you like animation and someone will say yeah i love fantastic mr fox that's always like a red flag to me. I'm always quite suspicious of that because I'm like, well, how come is it that you only like um, an animated film that just so happens to be directed by a guy who mostly deals in live action? There's a kind of, you know, um, chip on my shoulder I have about that, basically. But, um, yeah, it's... I don't know how this film works because... I don't. I can't say I was ever, you know, had my had the the sunk into the film and had this suspension of disbelief. Um, sorry, suspend. Is, is that is this a suspension of belief? Suspension of disbelief. No, it's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, this suspension of disbelief where um, I forgot I was watching drawings. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do that Disney kind of thing. No, yeah, it's actually, definitely not. It's actually um, uh, really unconventional in animation terms because animation, a lot of the time, is about doing that. It's about erasing the artist's hand and making you believe that characters are alive and these situations are really happening. And this film really celebrates the hand of the artist. Um, And I could see how that could be... I, I think actually we need to kind of divide the aesthetic of the film and its structure and the script and the voice performances and things. Yeah, because all these all these things are different factors. I mean, uh, but they're you know, yeah. they, they're they're not really like they can be taken together. But it's like when you're really judging this film, you know, critically, you have to kind of separate those different things because they're all on. I think they're all on different levels mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah. So, which, which, th- uh, this is sounding like a, like an interview now, Chris, but what, <laughs> what, what, what was it about, what was it about the movie that you didn't, okay, what was it about the movie that could have won you over? I don't know, I wanted what to like it. You? Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to like it, it's just, I found it, 
I I found it kind of insufferable. <laughs> it's just like okay. it's it's okay. just kind of um, yeah. I I wasn't really a fan of the aesthetic the aesthetic aesthetic yeah, and also mm-hmm. the uh, the also the story didn't really work for me. And it's kind of I love but I love the idea. I love the idea of of um, like doing this um, yeah. big disaster movie in a high school and and doing all the sort of high school cliches along the way and stuff you know I like I like things about it I really the the idea of the um like within hours of of there being this earthquake or whatever it drives drive you know it's like it's almost like a feral society building up oh um, I love that stuff yeah, yeah. That, that, that that I like that that kind of made me think of community or something yeah um but Yes, it's it's hard to you know put your finger on it. Um, I wouldn't normally say this, but I, I feel like I I'm I'm I will be speaking for you know a part of the audience, mm-hmm. and I who will think who will uh, think in the same sort of way as me, and um, yeah, as I, I wouldn't normally say because. You know, trailers can be deceptive and everything. But mm-hmm. I would say, if you watch the trailer and you think, "I'm not going to like this," I think you're probably right because it's that okay. for. I think that's minutes. fair to. Yeah, I think that, that that I think that's fair to say. I was I was certainly wary of that. Um, I, I was wary that the script itself was going to be so ironically detached as to be the only thing, you know, because th- that would be the only thing carrying us through this, like, collage of a movie, visually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that actually really worked for me about it was that it really had quite a strong through line. And it was, it was actually... Um, quite a conventional t- hero journey story about um, redemption and seeking something and finding something else and paying a price for it and you know at- at- atoning with things and and changing the world a little bit it's it's um it's actually quite a conventional story and I think that is mostly what I ended up responding to and the style was something I got used to and was probably most of, not in a bad way at all, but mostly a novelty. It, I think it could have worked had it been told and visually told another way, but I really liked the way it was told. Um, Because kind of knowing going in that it was a, uh, an adaptation of an existing graphic novel and the director worked in independent comics. Um, there was a kind of expectation shift and mm-hmm. the film kind of played out like flicking through um, a self-printed zine that you'd find. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I know what you mean. Like at a convention, and then it kind of felt like you were discovering each each new frame. And even though there were some things which were kind of really quite odd, 
in the way that they were represented. Everything in it felt like it was um, an expression and a, and a, and a, and a kind of... Um, because the film was actually mostly, uh, I believe, kind of animated by one person... Um, Oh my goodness, I'm terrible. I've forgotten forgotten her name. Um, but because it was animated by one person, essentially, it, it became this thing of expression. And I started to feel like I was getting to know the artist a little bit through the way things were being expressed, in the same way you would an indie comic. Um, and I really liked that. That was an exciting thing for me, this new sort of animated film that was something uh, altogether a bit more personal. Yeah. And, and one like, of the things that I appreciated... Like a would, collage. Yeah. Because, well, one of the things that made it, like, collage-like for folks who have yet to see the film, um, you know, obviously, you'll be able to... If you, if, when you go see it, you'll be able to see for yourself is the fact that it seemed, for me, that a lot of the different... I mean, obviously, it still had the kind of, like, a basic style to it, but it came, it seemed to evolve scene by scene like if they're if a if the characters needed to look a certain way in one scene they would animate like in terms of like say for example uh for uh they're in a, like a dark elevator shaft the lighting and the design reflects kind of like the area where they are hmm it's very creative yeah and and they also use different like lighting textures for the characters depending on um there's this really great little lighting effect they do where every now and again there's like a, a sort of blue shadow on the characters yeah um and it's a really visceral experience because it's all um whilst the animation is drawn i, I think digitally yeah um and it's composited digitally all of the textures are these beautiful, like uh, bespoke, handmade um, painting textures, and you know, cut out bits of like you can see where the crayon has sort of started to break up, or the pastel has started to break up on the on the page, and you can see in some scenes where the bumpiness of the paint is kind of reflecting off light in the room where it's photographed and. And it, it 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 does actually thematically lend itself to the film, which is kind of about a, a sort of innocence and naivety. Um, yeah, so I I don't think it was altogether gratuitous either. Mm-hmm. It kind of um, it it worked well with the themes of the film. trying to think what other what other major points would be good to bring up especially since uh i i guess hmm i mean are you gonna talk spoilers because the title's a spoiler yeah the title itself in and of itself is a spoiler um and we'll make sure to also include the uh the review itself in the um in the show notes as well just so because i go i i can go over i go over the, the the basic summary of the film but the premise is uh it's the start of a new uh new school year for Tides High School, which is located uh, conveniently on a uh, seaside cliff on a fault line. And the students get there. Um, our main character, who's also named Dash Shaw, 
I also want to make sure, point that point that out. Um, he run he works on the school newspaper with his uh, best friend Asaf and their uh, uh, editor um, Bertie, and he gets himself in trouble because while he notices that they're having the those two friends are building some romantic tension, he gets himself in trouble by writing a, a basically a piece about the two of them being backstabbers and. When he in in the process of getting trouble, he finds out about the fact that the school itself is not built up to code. So then, a, a earthquake hits, the entire school tumbles into the ocean, and then the basically the movie from there on becomes kind of like a parody of the Poseidon movie, where instead of a cruise ship, we're going backwards up into a high school to get to the top floor and rescue. Basically, he's the scientist at the start of every movie, every disaster movie, that's like, oh, I've just found that this thing is covered in bees and no one believes me. And they go, no, it's covered in bees. And they're like, no, we don't believe you. And then, ah, there come the bees. Obviously, not the bees, though. No, not the bees. Not the bees, Chris. (laughs) Disaster movie. You left it right open there for me. Um, But, no, yeah, I I, I can get... I get that that is a bit of Covered a cliche. Yeah. That is definitely a cliche, but at least to an I was I don't know why I was able to forgive it for this particular film. Maybe because of the fact that the character himself, the main character, you know, he kind of gave us you, you kind of get an idea that generally no one believes him anyway. So mm. it's not, it's not it's not the fact that oh, he's a really like well, you know, highly regarded student, you know, who normally everyone would believe, but then just this one thing sets everyone off like, oh, we're not going to listen to you. Generally speaking, it sounds like not a whole lot of people would believe him anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying that was a problem. I was just saying that's kind of the role he's... Because it is, as we've said, it is like, as well as being a high school movie, it is also a classic disaster movie um, tropes and things, which is part of the fun of it. Yeah, I think think it's part... Part of the movie's intentions, like, oh, these these are the things that normally happen in these kind of movies, so we're going to do it, but we're also going to poke fun at it, too. But it's it's kind of weird, because it, it'll have, like, these big, what would be, like, a big set-piece thing or whatever, but, um, you know, <laughs> with, with um, very, well, I'd imagine low-budget, single, almost single-handedly done type thing. It's, so it's, like, Here's what would be a big flashy sequence in a mainstream animated movie or whatever, but with it's 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 just done on the cheap. It's undeniable that it is limited the animation style, mm-hmm. but for it's me, barely animated at times. <laughs> for me, the cheapness of that is more is more than. Uh, May it more than um, the creativity more than makes up for it, and the creativity in how things are depicted. They don't try to depict things which are beyond their budget. Mm-hmm. They kind of they'll turn inwards and uh, present things in a more abstract, psychedelic way, which is actually a lot more like how. Uh, people are used to pros, well, to experiencing cartoons. Really, when you're watching a cartoon, you you allow 
you know, with the suspension of disbelief also comes this this allowance for unrealistic things to happen. Mm-hmm. Like getting unrealistic... squashed by a uh, piano or an anvil. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and then turning into, you know, like a flat Stanley-style... That was a bad <laughs> reference. A, um, a, a, I got a, it. A rolling pin, you know... We all know the trope. We know what we're saying. Mm. Um, but rather than d- doing that, in the same sort of psychological space, I think they... They they just show you cool lights and and colors and and for me that's uh, that's my jam because it it reminds me of all the all the great like developmental animation mm-hmm. which you um, if you spend any time at festivals you'll see lots of uh, funded by people like the um, National Film Board of Canada or um, any number of like small film boards or or even student pieces um things or, or things like um norman norman mclaren's work which is all about just the 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 this excitement of the energy that's created when things move on screen and uh so it's maybe there's a bias there because um i I, I do work in animation and I and I see it from the point of view of you know the hand of the artist there is no bad thing for me and but I could also understand how that would really irritate um general audiences I mean because people get irritated you know by uh, animation styles like with South Park or something mm. Mm-hmm. People still talk yeah. about how the animation's crap, but it's, it's not. It's more a stylistic choice. Uh, yeah, I, I think that your reaction to the film is going to be is going to be a personal one, really. Mm-hmm. In, in, at least, it, it's, especially in terms of the aesthetic. Well, yeah, it, it all really comes down to again personal preference because I mean, there are some people I know who refuse to watch certain shows you know i guess i I could tell them up and down like oh my god this show's amazing you need to see this and i'll show maybe a clip and then my friend will get back to me it's like oh no well as much as i would like to see this i can't really watch the animation because the animation's giving me a headache (laughs) yeah so it's you know like for some people like you might be able to like kind of, you know, look at it like you would South Park, where it's like, oh, that's a really interesting style choice, or it's like, as much as you want, it's like, uh, it hurts my it hurts my eyes, it's too bright, too many mm-hmm. different colors and blarg. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, I mean, one interesting perspective on it is that of um, there's a refreshing... I mean, I, I, I really, I, I don't want to use any derogatory terms when talking about the art in this film because I think the artists are really um, doing some amazing work. But mm-hmm. agreed. I don't think it would be too unfair to say that there's a naivety in the animation technique, and um, there's something kind of exciting about that mm-hmm. if you look at it through the lens of it being outsider art outsider animation art at least because um even though you know uh the two professions 
spend a long time drawing. Uh, animation and illustration aren't necessarily, you know, an illustrator is necessarily going to be a good animator and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And like uh, I, I really think there's a level of expression going on there, which um, is kind of like a. It, it, there's 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 just something immensely appealing to me uh, about how unpolished it all is. Um, it's exciting. It's it's a little bit like the thrill you get watching um, Masaki Yuasa's stuff. Um, particularly something like ping pong, which is really trying to break the expectations of how animated things ought to move and ought to um, ought to appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and you could certainly like pause frames of ping pong and go, "What the heck is that drawing?" and accuse it of all sorts of you know naivety but it's it's if you allow for that you know you'll experience all kinds of expression which are quite unique i didn't mean that by the way chris is like a if you give it a chance i i absolutely think you have but um i'm just explaining trying to explain how i'm excited about it (laughs) yeah i'm i'm glad you enjoyed it and i even though it didn't work for me, I'm I'm excited to see G Kids put out stuff like this because you know it's it's really shows the variety it's, of animation. It's amazing, yeah. It's, it's really outside the box. It's, it's a real testament to just how much they love animation because this easily could have been a festival odyssey mm-hmm. and something that was. I mean, and I'm just despite the um, the celebrity. Uh, a voice cast, which is I, I think actually very good, but certainly um, you know, a big selling point for the for the film. Um, it easily could have been the sort of thing that yeah it was a fest, festival oddity and maybe sort of very limited DVD release or nowadays I suppose like a VOD release and um, could have passed us by. And it's really exciting to see it getting a a main release. Mm-hmm. I've I've just realised something. What? I don't like the fact we're not recording. No, no, we are. I don't like the fact that I don't like this because the very first thing I heard of it was when I read the review of it when it um uh, played at I think Toronto uh, last year, and the first I'd heard of it was what I found a review of it on Variety, and mm-hmm. the review really pissed me off. It was a negative review. And oh, really? it was um, the person was like saying uh, they were like oh look at the title of this film uh, this isn't a good title for an animated film animated film should have a good good clean title like Toy Story or Sausage Party and this is um, uh... yeah so that kind of and it, it came from right. a, this is what right. animation should do and this is not what animation should do blah 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 so I didn't want to be negative on the film because because mm-hmm. that was the first I'd ever heard of that film I was like right I would like this I would like this and then I'd forgotten about that <laughs> well here's the thing I mean I love this film now it's amazing 
favourite film no, of 2017. No, no, uh, Chris, Chris, <laughs> you are within your right to not enjoy a film. It's, yeah, I just don't <laughs> like to about it. I don't know that writer's personal life or anything, but it's, I really don't like it when people just say, oh, animated films should be limited to specific, like, stories or titles or genres or animation styles or whatnot. It's when we get, it's when you're using that as your, your excuse for not liking the film that is a little questionable because it's like, that it's part of the, what makes it an enjoyable art form is the fact that there is no set definition of what it can or can't do or what it should and shouldn't do. That's why mm-hmm. films like this are really interesting to see because they're an exploration of what can be done with the medium. Especially, it's got to be said, I think, coming out of America, mm-hmm. which is usually the uh, scapegoat when it comes to eye-rolling eye about the state of how homogenized uh, animated movies have, have become um, or, or how much like products they've become. To the to the point where Chris, you get variety. Mm. Um, complaining about the film like it's a product. Yeah, and 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 it, and it, if animated movies are products, which they are, um, it it's it's like it's the Malcolm Gladwell ragu thing where you know if you want if you want or or peanut butter if you want chunky peanut butter you can have it you can have the choice. Um, and if you like smooth you can also have that or you can have both but the point is is that you're given the opportunity to try both mm-hmm. and uh, that that for me is the significant thing about particularly G-Kids giving this a release is you get the choice and th- there might be you know many people uh uh, in in G Kids is um, raid on G Kids like sort of who have sorry who have G Kids on their radar who didn't know that these sorts of films got made mm-hmm. and now have that opportunity at least to try them and to see oh, is this for me and because um, it it yeah it just it reflects the true variety that there is in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it was made in New York as well, which is, I, I think, significant. Yeah. It, it's it's free from... There wasn't a studio involved. Um, I think um, uh, Dashaw made them uh, use money after, I think, Scott Rudin uh, optioned one of his other comics... Um, option the script and he had a bunch of money from that supposedly and he put it into making this film so it's a, it, it really is I think the closest thing you get to a self uh, published uh, independent comic in animation yeah it, that's actually yeah um, I, would agree, I would agree with that 100% it's like it's and that's, that's really exciting investment in it yeah, precisely. I, th- I think the film benefits from having that context because um, in the same way that it's it, it doesn't work to have those sorts of comics right next to an, a Marvel trade paperback in a book, in the bookshop 
um, you kind of need them contextualized, I think. Mm. And I, 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 from what I can tell, G Kids are doing a very good job of contextualizing this uh, for for audiences. I tell you what, though, I wasn't expecting people to get eaten by sharks in this. Spoilers. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that I wasn't came out of expecting it, it to be. It's it's not. Um, it doesn't hold back. Hmm. No, it does I, not. I, I, I quite like that, and and it does. And to speak to the to the film as a, a like just talk about the script and the story. I really did like the characters, and I liked how the film took them seriously. Um, even if there was a, it's almost like the film had the um, had the loving eye of like a parent about it, where it kind of. It kind of knew that, for instance, the main character was quite unlikable and was saying all these quite ridiculous, um, uh, narcissistic things. Yeah, with not so hidden monologues. Yeah, and 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 behaving in childish manners, but it wasn't blaming them. It was actually taking them seriously as children, because that's what high schoolers are. Mm-hmm. As their children and uh, very large children. They. Well, they might not think it. They don't. High schoolers don't think it. Um, but yeah, I, I did like that aspect to it. How it how it treated the characters. Yeah, it made it made them at least to a degree very real because, like, at least in the way the characters perceive themselves, like you said, because you know they are kids and they behave like kids, but they don't think they behave like kids. They think they're on the precipice. You know, they're because they're on the precipice of adulthood that. No, just because of that, that their actions can be are are more adult than they are. Actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, thinking about it, it, it's interesting that the um, the sort of more cartoonish and larger than life characters are the grown ups. Yeah, exactly. The um, the lunch lady the pri- Reed, for example. Yeah, the uh, lunch lady and, and the principal. Who... Well, they've both got they've both they've both literally well in some cases literally been in the wards. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And 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 been through, you know, any number of high school sinking, <laughs> like experiences, <laughs> which is kind of how it can feel sometimes when you are that age and you haven't lived and you and you uh, and you talk to someone who has, they seem very grizzled. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, but even 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 um, even the. The, uh, the the adult characters could have easily have been one note jokes, but the film also dares to like take them seriously, and it's kind of left up to you whether you want to laugh or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whether you want to laugh at them or with them, or if you even want to laugh at them at all. Yeah, exactly. It, it just presents just enough information of about the characters themselves and the situation that and how they behave in the situation mm-hmm. that they're in that kind of tells you all you need to know about them and whether or not you want to make your opinions of I like you, I don't like you, or I'm not entirely sure how I feel about you. Yeah, that's kind of its down-to-earthness, is that in that, for all intents and purposes, the characters, whilst the film kind of is in your face, the characters aren't. Exactly. Um... 
you kind of feel like you're next to them all the time rather than them presenting themselves to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. I also quite like the little... In- <laughs> Did you notice the in Jogo there's a sushi restaurant called Dogonagai? That was the reference yeah. I got. I like that. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you would have. I yeah. pretty much almost lost it with the um, the uh, Double Dragon uh, video game reference in the bathroom scene. Right. That yeah. I, just, yeah. I I I just lost my shit with that one because it just again it was one of those things that just it was a joke that came out of nowhere. I never thought I'd see it coming, and then it was oh. in there, right there in my face. And I'm like, wait a second, why is why is this anime like? Oh wait, I recognize this. <laughs> I remember playing games like this on the Super Nintendo. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and and it's and it's those sort of like little riffs that for me make it feel uh, for me make it feel like a like you're reading an independent comic. Mm-hmm. It's just this little thing that doesn't make sense and doesn't really exist other than being mostly an expression from the artist of something. And and those little moments you're never gonna see in um in a you're never gonna see in the same way in a big animated movie. You might see something like that, but it will be very set up and it will it, kind it won't of overblown, as... like lead into yeah, it. Precisely, yeah, because they've spent lots of money on it and lots of time deliberating over whether they ought to do it or not, rather than this film actually, I, I guess, having an improvisational kind of. Yeah, it wants, I guess it wants to be like that, and I, I think that probably comes from like, psychologically. I'm thinking that because the. Um, the voice cast is is kind of drawn from a group of improvisational um, uh, comic actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little, you want to you want to talk a little bit about the voice cast and kind of wrap things up there? You think maybe? Nope. No. no yeah. No. They, I, I think they do. They do. They do a great job, and they don't. Um, you can tell they're having fun, and they don't. Um, they're not doing the thing which I always dread uh, people are going to do, which is um, uh, not take animation voice acting seriously ah. and mm-hmm. either do too little or way too much. And I felt that they were, you know, lightly but well enough playing characters. And I I believe the characters and I fell for them and felt for them by the end. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so yeah they, I think they, they did, think what they did they a great job. To. Yeah, they did what they were supposed to. And I mean, like mm-hmm. that's a lot of the down-to-earth elements of the characters, not just so much like the characters themselves and the dialogue, but a lot of it comes through with the delivery of the acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the cast and, you know... It's just one of one of the elements that like there's all these elements of that should be the kind of thing that I love, and then just <laughs> somehow <laughs> it just didn't come together for me. And it's like, ah, oh, why? What? I know, I, I know exactly the the feeling you're having, Chris. Where it's almost like, yeah, when a friend recommends something, and you're and they're like, 
well, this is kind of got some things that you will like in it. And then you kind of feel bad when you say, oh, no, it's kind of doing all of it just like two degrees to the left of how I like things being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because sometimes those two degrees can be enough to turn you off something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, to be honest, it was like coming to this this episode, I was like, I don't have that much to say. Just, I didn't like it very much. <laughs> Just... Well, to be perfectly honest, I was kind of suffering the exact, almost the exact same problems. Like, I really enjoyed it, but it's like, what do I say about it? It's like, is it, you know, because I, I enjoy it. And I enjoyed it very much, but it was just the fact that, you know, other than that, in terms of, you know, I like the animation style or the actors or the way that the story was presented, there really wasn't too much else to say beyond that because of the fact that it was just kind of like, it, like, like to sum up with that line that I, in, in the review and in the movie, it was corny as hell, but I liked it. <laughs> Oof. Gross. Legs are caught under the bookcase. I gotta amputate. Dude, just lift the bookcase. Oh yeah. Okay. Ah. I'm a virgin too. Sort of. Envision yourself as a phoenix flying out of the ashes. Life was pointless and filled with pain. Drop dead. You turds really want to tussle. You have to move up to the senior floor. And then graduate to the roof. So, um, Dan and Rachel enjoyed it. Uh, I wasn't such a big fan, but it is in cinemas in the US and Canada. If it's near you, you can check out the list of screenings on animationfinance.com or, or or on the um, I, I don't know what the address is of the <laughs> the high school website. Um, just check it out in the show notes basically <laughs> um, so I think that wraps up our discussion of the main topic and we will ch- go and see it go and see it yeah. definitely go and see it and try it and seek it out and just support it because the worst that happens is you don't like it I know I, I like I, I just I did say if you do see the trailer and think I think I'm going to hate this then yeah. you might well do so chances are it won't change your mind but at the very least if you're like hmm I'm not 100% sure about this but I don't think I'm I don't think I'm gonna hate it just go go see it if you're if you're on the fence go see if you can uh, or if if not just wait until you know it becomes available on DVD and Blu-ray and streaming and stuff and check it out then um and now we're going to pay our little visit to the water cooler where we do our regular discussion of what we've been watching or playing or etc. It's normally one of those two. but um... Animation related uh, topic. Or on set. What's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, products? Entertainment what, products. What, 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 she, what she play read thing. Yeah. Play thing. <laughs> Yeah, what what, what he said. <laughs> mm. So, uh, this recently I reviewed for animationfedults.com season two of Nisekoi, uh, which is a animated rom-com um, based on a 
manga in Shonen Jump uh, that I reviewed the first season of last year, I think, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Um, basically, what I said at the time was, you know, it's not very original, it's got all these cliched ideas, um, but sometimes it's just something, it's just a really well done example of what it's trying to do, and sometimes that's just enough uh, to be entertaining and it was charming and enjoyable and beautifully made and everything so I um, I requested the, the review copy of season 2 and at that point I realised I although I enjoyed the first season I'd basically forgotten all about it <laughs> oh dear so uh, what's going on who are these people um, and it, uh, it basically um, it's one of your typical high school uh, rom-com type things except where in this case uh, the two main characters are the um, the heirs to um, organized crime families uh, he's the son of a Yakuza family and the girl is the daughter of a rival crime syndicate and they basically have to pretend to be dating uh, so there isn't a gang war which is oh wow uh, it's Romeo and Juliet. Yes, well, kind of. of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So it's a slightly unusual setup, but everything else about it is is fairly conventional. Oh, do they really like each other? And oh, there's all these other there's all these other potential love interests and things like that. And oh, there's. But sometimes those conventions being in unfamiliar places can be enough and entertaining in and of itself. Yeah, and basically it was. When I watched the first season, I really enjoyed it, and um, it was just really beautifully made and everything. And it it really um, did the like it it sort of took you back to sort of kind of like teenage days, but teenage days as they never were, just like sort of idealised high school um, friendships and romance and things like that. Um, and it was done by it was animated by shaft and it was very pretty um and season two basically is more the same <laughs> it's 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 nice and enjoyable and nothing and um, nothing like you haven't seen before basically um but it doesn't really go anywhere much in season two it doesn't really progress the plot a lot it's just like here's a bunch of hijinks and sitcom plots and things and we're not really going to resolve anything. Um, the manga has now finished, so after this season came out. So if they go back and do more seasons, which I don't know if they will, then they could actually resolve it. Um, but this one is sort of treading water a bit, and it's it's all you know, it's all pleasant and nice and pretty. And there's also like there's a um, a magical girl spoof in the middle of it, just where all the characters are um, uh, and are playing like spoofs of magical girls and there's a bit of a Madoka Magica spoof in there as well and there's oh, talking and there's talking animals and transformation sequences and and jokes <laughs> about the um the admin side of being a magical girl which uh, you've never thought about there's a lot of paperwork apparently um ah. so yeah and it, it's it's all you know it's it's nice and fun and if you like that kind of thing <laughs> 
it's just it, you know it doesn't linger much in the mind afterwards as I, I discovered um, mm. but sometimes it's probably just you know what you're in the mood for and if, if you like the previous seasons and you like the characters then you'll enjoy it and uh, the season two has just come out on Blu-ray and DVD in the UK um, in two volumes. Uh, that's that's one of the, one of the things is that if you actually collect the full the full thing, it's it's going to set you back quite a bit because there's only like six episodes on each volume, which is oh wow a bit of a throwback to yeah. old times. And there aren't like any special features really apart from I think there's intros and outros without the credits that's a lot that's not, really sad there's not even a dub um it's just subtitle you know i know not everyone's into dubs but you haven't even got the option uh that's really I, really sad actually i i think it's it might be due due to aniplex who are kind of uh-huh. they you know that this is not reviewed by it's released by a different company in the uk but aniplex probably put stipulations on the release you could only release this many episodes which is why um like the uk versions of aniplex shows are quite often more expensive and uh, have less episodes on and stuff but you can watch it all on crunchyroll so you don't have to actually <laughs> spend money mm. to watch it so that's nisekoi false love season two i liked it what can i say <laughs> um also, I watched a a movie, but it was a short movie uh, called Sinbad, um, based on like the Arabian Nights character of Sinbad the Sailor, but it's an anime version, um, hmm. released in 2016 by I think Nippon Animation. Um, it's just shown up on Amazon Prime. Uh, three episodes of it, three well, three three films showed up on there dubbed and subtitled and it's it's hard quite hard to find because of how it's um how it's um filed you just like if you search for Sinbad you'll find it eventually but it'll take you a little while um because it's like under the Japanese title and stuff it's just like Sinbad and then some Japanese words um but the first episode the English title is like the princess the magic carpet and the island or something like that it's just um <laughs> not a very well just a simple not very descriptive title uh basically it's about a a young young boy called Sinbad like in sort of Arabian type setting and he becomes he he, he ends up going on a voyage with some sailors and uh, there's a princess and there's some bad people on magic carpets and um, the reason I watched it was because I, I actually saw a trailer for it when it came out in Japan and it sort of looked sort of Ghibli-esque or they were trying to recreate Ghibli-type adventures and I thought, ooh. Um, and it is kind of... It's it's kind of like really old Miyazaki stuff like Sherlock Hound or um, Conan. Yeah, yeah. it these... wants to be one of those old Toei Doga movies mm-hmm. like... Uh... Animal Treasure Animal Island, Treasure yeah. Island. Yeah, go and watch that. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> just go and watch that instead. Yeah, it, it's not as you know, it's not nearly as polished as a Ghibli movie, even one of those old ones. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of there. It's a tiny bit bland and and um, just a, just pretty standard adventure. Sort of, it's not that particularly 
amazingly produced or anything. That's kind of a shame because when, I remember when it came out, um, it was somehow on my radar when it came out in Japan, and um, it did look kind of promising. Yeah, well, it, it, it like... looks like a throwback to that kind of thing, and it's like, oh yeah, I fancy yeah, that. It... Hmm. It, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's just. You know, it was just, it's just kind of there, really. <laughs> okay, it contains no material likely to offend or harm or entertain too much. He's got a little monkey, and there's a princess, and there's magic carpets. And, and the bad guys have got, like, a submarine for some reason. Okay. And, yeah, but it's, it's the first one is called Sinbad, and then something Japanese. And then there's one that says Sinbad Free, and then there's another one. Um, you just have to find you just have to find the first one work out which is the first one and watch that one first um, and it's on there both in Japanese and dubbed depending on which one you want to go for um, or something the, the dubbed one is by Ocean Group in Canada who I haven't Yay! heard of in quite a while they did Dragon Ball ages ago and a bunch of they other they were the stuff. first ones to do Dragon yeah. Ball I thought they were there. that was my introduction to Dragon Ball was through their did dub you... Did you get a chance to see um, any of Ronya's Ronya the Robber's daughter? Oh, I haven't watched any yet. No, I keep meaning to, and it's just like that style kind of puts me off. But I need to watch some. Mm. Right, right. Yes. So, I will. I will. Um. I will. I will find out what the the link is to this on Amazon, uh, and I will stick it in the show notes because. Yes, and to be All honest, right. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch the other two. I might do. You know, they're only like 50 minutes, and they're fine. Or I might not. Pretty, pretty short, all yeah. things considered. Mhm. Um, and yes, and if you're it's apparently on Amazon Prime Video in the UK and the US, um, maybe other countries too. It's 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 weird what Amazon do because. Um, they just they do I, if you ask me a terrible job of advertising what they've got on their platform yeah, they, they get yeah, good so things and then, they don't have it anymore and they just hide they just dump it all out they just seem to go after content and then just dump you know they dump it out and they don't give it, any promotion dump, yeah no promotion and they dump it next to these like really weird low budget dodgy 9-11 truther documentaries <laughs> That for some reason I've started to see on Amazon Prime, well, and I really don't want to be sifting through that sort of thing when I'm trying to look for what new movies they've got on there. It's it's weird. It, it's like that you used to be. I don't know if you could still get them, but you used to get like these one pound or one dollar DVDs, like in the like in DVD shops, bargain bins or whatever. That just like the cheapest, mm-hmm. cheapest most dross low budget things you've ever seen and that's what a lot of Amazon Prime Video looks like it seems to be on there now rather than in the bargain bin so it's even cheaper it's free uh, well it's not free but you know what I mean um, at least it's not physically mm-hmm. an eyesore anymore and it just seems and because um They've been. They get the rights to lots of anime, like I think, basically for for their Japanese arm, and then they just they. Oh well, we got it, so we'll we'll translate it and we'll just dump it. 
so they've like you know they've been simulcasting stuff and they put it on anime strike in the US but in the UK it's just on normal prime but they there's no promotion or anything you just wouldn't know it was there it's the same website as you go on to buy cat food mm-hmm. it's, it, they need to have like a different portal that you go through where it is organized specifically in the way that people like video content to be organized well there's there's like the app on consoles and and uh, TVs and mm. stuff but again it's it's all just dumped on there and it's, it's still heavily heavily mess yeah and yeah. and it's mixed in with stuff that isn't on prime you know it's like just amazon video so like oh yeah and then you almost accidentally buy stuff or if you're my nieces you accidentally do buy stuff once <laughs> oh. <laughs> well it, it turned out only to be like a rental but it was like oh okay i better put a password on <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh yeah we're going to watch Mary Poppins oh they have good Sutherland Complex on there yeah but it's not on Prime Video is it I mean instant you know Prime mem- with it, uh, with your um, is it description not? it's just it let me add it to my watch list <gasps> that's sneaky yeah but the, then it'll make you pay I don't like that I don't like that <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. I've watched Sinbad, <laughs> and I don't have a lot to say, as you can tell. <laughs> and I don't watch anything, so that makes that easy. No, you've you've been very busy, so that's. I mean, watch some. Yeah, things, well, but... I, I I watched I watched uh, High School, and I enjoyed that. Or High School Sinking, or what were we calling it? Um, Mi- was it Mystica? called? Mesh, mesh. We rehearsed this before we started it recording. Like all so our it sounds like we, we had it and then we lost it. Mesh, mesh. I, I haven't. I haven't. In there, and there is no F in the title. It doesn't. It. it doesn't really abbreviate very easily. No, high it school, doesn't. High school thinking. High school thinking. Yeah. It, yeah. So um, yeah, no, I haven't seen anything else really apart from just like rewatching Rick and Morty because it's so funny and bloody brilliant, and, and and also I've seen it so much now I can just kind of listen and get the gist of it. Yeah, and you can just hear like even when you're not watching the episode, you can just hear Rick yelling in your subconscious, in your subconscious, like, <laughs> yeah, gotta do yeah. it, Morty, gotta do it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me done, I think. All right. Well, I do have one thing. It's just going to be a bit tricky to talk about since uh, it's not too many people are familiar with this particular uh, video game of uh, that I've been able to get a hold of recently, and I'm at least probably halfway through of it at this point, but this is the kind of game that really kind of takes a lot of... Uh, it's, it's an investment, let's put it this way, and I'm... Very happy to report that this game was a worthy investment. I, I, it's well worth the sixty dollars. Or actually, I put in even more than that because I got the uh, the limited edition uh, box for it, um, which was like about eighty dollars. Uh, and that is the latest Persona game, Persona Five. So, um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Persona, it is a um, 
offshoot of a ongoing Japanese RPG uh, series uh, developed by Atlas called Shin Megami Tensei, and it's really hard to define exactly what Shin Megami Tensei is because it's a wide variety of different things. Like you know, mainly because it has so many different spinoffs. It's got the regular, the main, the main series plus. Devil Survivor plus uh, Devil Summoner plus Persona, but one of the things you can always define it is um, the function of the game always and almost always involves uh, demons and being able to uh, harness the the powers of demons in order to uh, basically move the plot forward. And you can normally know the main characters by their ability to use more than you know taming more than one demon in order to you know move the plot forward. But, um, what makes Persona special in regards to, uh, the rest of Shin Megami Tensei is a lot of, uh, its ideas in terms of the plot and also the function of the demons in the story rely heavily on, um, the idea from, uh, you know, Carl Jung's psychology, uh, of the idea of the Persona, which is, you know, basically, uh, that, you know, personalities that people pursue, you know, put forward in society may not 100% be, you know, might be a mask that they wear in a specific situation. And that's basically how the, um, the demons that which normally, you would, the characters you would normally see as demons that you could use in gameplay in uh, other Shin Megami Tensei games are actually other facets of the characters themselves. They are the inner self or the, uh, personality which they keep, you know, deep, deep inside themselves which they don't normally share with other people. And uh, in Persona, that can actually, you know, under duress, can actually be uh, summoned outside of the characters and used in order to, you know, fight in, you know, supernatural battles. And, I'm sorry, this is really hard to try and summarize, because there is a lot to this series, as I, you know, if what I've just said is any indication, the fact that it's, we're dealing with a lot of, like, different psychological elements is really hard to kind of put a pin on. But, um, in regards to Persona, there are, each of the games, like, the world itself between the games, like, you don't have to play what Persona's 1 through, all the way through 5 in order to get the full scope of the story. You can, certainly, but, uh, each game is kind of designed to be, uh, somewhat separate from each other, at least, um, basically from the third game onward. Like, you literally could pick up, uh, 3 or 5 or 4 and you're always going to be introduced to a different uh, story, uh, different characters, or a premise, and you do not have to have previous knowledge of the other games really to really understand what's going on. Because it's always going to pre be presented differently. And in the case of Persona 5, uh, which uh, is the 20th anniversary of uh, Persona series in general, it, is, it takes place in Tokyo. And you have to basically moonlight as a phantom thief, uh, and also go to school. Like basically daytime, you're going to school as a regular high school uh, student in Japan. You know, you're going to classes, you're talking with friends, and uh, just kind of living life. And but also in the uh, overall scheme of the plot, you're also going to this supernatural world, which is supposed to be the manifestation of these real big jerks that you come across in the game who are taking advantage of people and uh, just being all-around assholes, you know, whether they be criminals or, like, say, uh, really nasty high school uh, 
gym teacher who was basically uh, sexually harassing his students. And you enter this supernatural realm, which is basically a distorted desire of this particular person. And then you basically go in all Phantom Thief style and you steal their desires and make them confess their crimes. And it's crazy. Mm. It's it's just all over the place, but it, it's it's over the top. But it's so 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 much fun. Like I was really blown away by how much this game was really fun to play. And this is coming from someone who's played a vast majority. I mean, I've only played really the third and fourth games with only like dabbling a little bit in like some of the previous ones. But they really. And this know is how number to... five. Hmm. This is number five, you this say? This is number five, yeah. And, uh, it's... I, I, I dare you, I mean, just, like, if you're animation, you know, if you're a big fan of animation in general, I would highly recommend, even if you're not, like, really good at playing video games, just look this game up in terms of, like, looking at its animation sequences. It's, like, there. I've been really impressed with some of the uh, animated cutscenes and how they've been uh, rendered. It's, it, this, and uh, more specifically... More than anything, the art design has literally like blown my socks off because an anim- uh, a, a game can be rendered any which way, but if the art style isn't good, then it's not you know it's not going to really mean anything. But the art style has is just like I'm trying to figure out like the best way to describe it. Really, like let's say the first this game has so much like pizzazz and uh, flair that it literally like will um, it. Kicks you in the gut, uh, sets you on fire, basically runs you over with a truck, and then you would thank it afterwards. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're in an abusive relationship with this. Uh... Eh, well, most. <laughs> most... <laughs> I, I gotta got say, it, 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 it's, it's good to hear that you're, um, <laughs> you're saying that you could probably pick it up anywhere because I was always. I was, I was always kind of vaguely aware of the Persona series and that it had. It began like it. It began all the way back on like the Famicom. The, it the did. NES. Yeah, that was that was where the and first one started. I was like, oh no, I can't jump in on season forty-five. No, 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 no. It but is you're not saying, like that at all. Right, you're saying it's not like that. You could literally have Persona Five be your first Persona game ever, and you would. It. I mean, obviously, cool. like if there were any references to stuff that had been previous, you know, you might miss out on that. But you don't have to mm-hmm. because those references would be so minuscule and non-relevant to the plot that it wouldn't matter. But th- these are RPGs, yeah. Yeah, they are RPGs, and I again, like I said, it's um, these games are a bit of an investment in terms of like your time because it is a simulator. Like, well, you are running around doing really cool, like you know you're fighting supernatural creatures as a phantom thief, you know, with the mask and the coat and all that really cool stuff. And you're doing, you're doing literally supernatural heists where you're plotting out the, uh, the place where you're running around and, uh, like the palace and okay, we're looking, you're finding the treasure. Okay. We know where it is. Now we have to figure out how we're going to steal it. Um, but, oh gosh, what's, what was I going to go from there? Uh, cause I'm, when I get so excited, I lose track of what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will also mention this to you, Chris. Um, there is g- quite a bit of Lupin references in this. Well, like, when, when you started saying about fan- Phantom Thieves, I was like, oh, now you have my in- my my attention. That sounds different <laughs> from what I was expecting. Well, um, 
it is a bit of a departure from like other stuff that uh, the Persona series has done because I mean it's quite literally been um, in the, like say for example the fir- the third game is literally the whole supernatural element is the high school turns into like this demon tower which the students you know who know about it literally have to kind of go into and go up and up and up trying to figure out well, okay why is this even happening at midnight of why is and, and why is no one else aware of this other than us. <laughs> uh, Persona 4 was more of a mystery where you're coming to this, like, basically, you know, you know, out in the sticks town in Japan, and then all of a sudden these string of murders, like, unusual murders start happening, and you don't know what's causing it. And it turns out it's all got to do with this realm inside television sets. Ooh. Where you literally all, you know, get figure out you can go through the television, see the other world on the other side, and figure out, okay... The people, whoever gets thrown in here, if they don't make, if they aren't brought out from whatever, like, crazy psychological realm that results from their being there, they're gonna die. Their other, basically the, their repressed selves are gonna go crazy and kill them. So, you have to kind of work your way through that and get them out of there before the deadline of them getting killed. Whereas with Persona 5, it's, it's kind of a more of a, you know, you're gonna your characters find yourself in a bad situation because they're interacting with these really like asshole like criminals or people that are just taking advantage of you know the characters in the story, and basically you have to take them down before a specific deadline. Like say for example, the teacher that you're having uh, you're at odds with, he's threatening to get you expelled from school, and it's like oh well shit, well we have to gotta fix that because can't. Can't go and getting a spell from school now, can we? Especially since the main character who you're controlling through the majority of the story, he's uh, already in some deep shit because he's on parole hey. for getting in an alleged trouble. But it's 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 so much fun, and like I said, definitely look up like uh, maybe even like the opening cinematic from it because I got so many. Uh, your uh, what was it? What's the show uh, that's been anime show, series that's been going off for uh, Yuri on Ice? Mm-hmm. There's there was a lot of sequences in that and animation that was very reminiscent of that and that was a lot of fun. There is a Persona anime, isn't there? They made movies, I think. Yeah, there are actually lots of um, Persona. Uh, I think I remember watching one of the animes. Yeah, there was an anime for um, I think I, there was one before the the films that I I'm trying to remember, um, but there was a. Uh, there are several movies based on the Persona 3 story, which are beautifully animated. And I would recommend, if you don't have the investment to play the game, then definitely check that out. Um, and then there were two different installments of... Or two animes, uh, which were based around the story of Persona 4. So if you want to get an idea of both of those games before maybe, you know, taking a chance either playing it or even trying Persona 5 out, I would say check those out, Definitely. Because that'll kind of give you an idea of what you're up, what you're, what you're up for, with this, with this series. Because it's kind of, it's kind of all over the place, but I kind of love it for that. Cool. But yeah, that's that's kind of all I've really had time to do this week. Okay. Uh, well, I I think that's that's enough for a show. I think. Uh, I think so. I think uh, we've discussed quite a lot, and uh, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, you two, for joining me. As always, 
it's been a pleasure um, if you want to catch up with everything we're doing you can follow us on animationforadults.com you can find all our previous episodes there you can find them also on podcast.com on Stitcher on iTunes and you can find us on Twitter at AFA blog you can if you would like to help us make more episodes and stuff and get extra content in in return you can uh, become a, a backer on patreon patreon.com slash animation for adults uh, or you can buy us a virtual coffee using coffee I, I think that do you say it coffee or Kofi I don't know uh, but you yeah I hope you don't say coffee <laughs> You could buy us a coffee or coffee or whatever, um, and you can find us on on Facebook, on Pinterest, on Google Plus, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter. I've done that one. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, you didn't. I was keeping track. Oh, try not to find us. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're. E- we're on Bebo. We're not on Bebo. Is that even there? <laughs> we're on MySpace. I don't. That's not there. That's, I think that might still be there. We're on. I, I don't know. What's that one with the penguins? Is it, <laughs> Club Penguin. We're not on there. Well, I'm just making things no, up now. Not. No. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're. You can fault. You can find our old deviant art full of our weird kinks and. Old embarrassing fanfic. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not quite everywhere, but we're in a lot of places. The ones that we just said. Uh, you could also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Crystal on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, where can we find you, Rachel? You can find me. Usually, I'm hanging out on Twitter at Fail to Ninja. And Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. Okay, and we will catch you soon for another AFA podcast. Good night, everybody. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye. 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 Dude, forgive me. I know it ain't right, but it feels so good to clean your ears with Q-tips. Pretty freaked up, don't you think? Like uh, I know, Attack on Season, Attack on Season, Attack on Season Titan Two has <laughs> just started. Attack on uh, Season. That's what I call Spring not being here properly yet. <laughs> I, oh, okay. you, they've been doing Wonder Man. Wonder Map. Oh, good God, Chris, what are you? <laughs> it's okay. Wonder Man. There are lots of there are lots of characters in the DC universe. Okay, it's it's. There's got to be a Wonder Man somewhere. Come on, you, you menonist. There's, there's a no, there's an Elastic Man. There's no Wonder Man. There's an Elastic Man. So I. Just... <laughs> when is Wonder Man's day? <laughs> when is Wonder Man's day? We got our title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God. All right. Yeah. All cool. Oh.